0: grace, mercy, and peace of Christ Jesus rest upon each and every one of you this day. Amen. We all know the account of the Roman centurion coming to Jesus, seeking healing for his dying servant. You don't need to come with me, Jesus. You're a busy man. I get it. I'm a Roman. You're a Jew. I get it. Just say the word. I'm a man of authority. I say the word, and it is immediately obeyed. Just speak the word, exercise your divine authority, and it will be so. And the rest, as they say, is history. So a good question for us to ponder, since we already know this text so well, what exactly healed the centurion's servant? Well, I can tell you what did not heal the guy. Faith. It's crazy. How can I say such a thing? Easy, look at the text before your eyes. Take a look at the Old Testament reading. Naaman did not even have faith when he was healed, did he? The rivers in Syria are far cleaner and purer than this dirty, muddy, glorified pasture creek. That is not faith. Even in the case of the Roman centurion, his faith did not work the healing. Contrary to popular opinion, maybe even contrary to your own opinion, faith does not have any sort of magical power. Faith is simply another word for trust. Picture faith like a grasp or a hug. It is not the trust that has the power to move mountains. It is not the trust that raises the dead or heals the sick. Rather, it is the object or person that the trust holds fast to, that has the power and the ability to do these great and mighty and miraculous things. God moves mountains. God raises the dead. God makes lepers clean and sick people well again. Look again at the accounts of Naaman, the leper that comes to Jesus, and the Roman centurion. The common denominator in all of these miraculous healings is the word and promise of God. Naaman's servant says to him when he is voicing his doubt about the effectiveness of something so silly as washing in the muddy old Jordan River, did not this prophet, this man of God, say to you, wash and you will be clean? Basically, you heard the word. Trust in his word. The leper that comes to Jesus, be clean. And immediately, he was. It was not the physical touch that healed the man, as if Jesus had some sort of reverse Midas touch, and everyone who even brushed up against him was instantly made clean and blemish-free. It was the word of Christ that worked the instantaneous and total healing of the man. The same word that created the heavens and the earth out of nothingness. The same word that would become flesh and dwell among us. As for the centurion, it's plain as day. Only say the word and I know that my servant will be healed. This man then goes on to explain how he fully understands and trusts this almighty word of Christ. I am a man of authority. I understand the power of the word. I say go and people obey. They go. I say, come, or do this, and it happens. I know the power and efficacy of the spoken word. I am not worthy to have you, Jesus, even step foot in my house. I am nothing. Simply say your almighty word, and I know that it will happen. I know the almighty authority that your godly word possesses. I know what your word is able to do. At this point, it may appear that I am preaching to the choir, right? We all know all this already, but do we believe it? Do we trust this word? Everyone here will profess to trust in the almighty and all-powerful word of God. You look in the mirror and you certainly like to think that you see the Roman centurion staring back at you. A person of strong, commendable faith in God's word. And yet your reality, if you are bold to confess, is sometimes much more leprous and ugly. The ugly truth is that you do not trust the word of God, not always and not fully. In fact, very often God's word is treated very piecemeal and buffet style. Trust in God boldly and proudly proclaimed when everything is going your way, but when things are not going the way you plan or the way you think they should go, then the sinful doubt and lack of trust in God above all things shows forth. This is all said because you will leave here in a few minutes and enter the world, a world full of sin and doubt, a world that does not trust in God above all things, a world that despises God and his loving control. And make no mistakes, you are part of this world. You are in the world and often, regrettably, also very much of the world. You may not want to admit it, but the faith that is so easily professed in here is often checked at the door or left in the pew as the focus focus gets put on more important things like bills and bank balances and Facebook and what is lunch going to be. All kinds of things that have nothing to do with salvation or the mission of the church, which is baptizing and teaching to obey all that Christ has said. You do not always trust that God is in control. You do not always trust that God is working all things for the good of those who love him. But rather than harp on sinful unbelief, rather than kick the corpse for being dead, there is one who is the Lord and giver of life, the one who has authority and power to give life to such death. Here is the balm to soothe your soul. Listen to the words of absolution. Your sins are forgiven. Through your baptism, you are brought into this life-giving body. Take and see that the Lord is good. Here at this altar, Christ gives you his very body and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. Your sins are completely forgiven and remembered no more. They have been drowned and washed over in Christ's blood. Here is a sure and certain comfort and peace that nothing else and no one else can give. They simply do not have the power. They do not have the authority. Here is a sure, certain comfort and peace of Christ and can only be known and understood in and through faith. Understand, your faith does not work. It does not give peace. Your faith did not die on the cross for your sins. But through the God-given gift of faith, you hold fast to the one who does give you peace, his peace, which surpasses all human understanding. Take this to heart and do not just give lip service to his word and sacrament. Dear baptized children of God, be at peace, ever and always. The word of the Lord is all-sufficient. The word of the Lord works. It accomplishes exactly what he purposes, and it never returns to him void or empty. For better, for worse, richer or poorer, sickness, health, in favorable election years and not-so-favorable election years in good economies, as well as in recessions and depressions and shutdowns, in war and in peace. Through it all, God is the authority, and the author is in complete control, always with you, loving you, protecting you, and nurturing you, always to the very end of the age. Hold fast to his peace, for God has never and will never forsake you. You belong to him. It is finished. Nothing and no one can snatch that away. You have the Lord's, that the gates of hell will never prevail. Be at peace and hold fast to Christ from whence your peace comes, the peace who is with you now and always to the very end of the age. May this word, his almighty word, the same word that washed you clean in the waters of holy baptism, fill your hearts, your minds, and your souls with peace and joy and thanksgiving. May your cup runneth over, and may the same peace of God, which does surpass all human understanding, and which is known only through saving faith, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and may it be witnessed in you and through you, now into all eternity. In his name, amen.